Why is it so important for us to lean into story? Do you ever find yourself comparing your story to someone else and maybe even minimizing your story in an effort to maybe keep from owning your story or leaning into your story, or maybe you feel like your story is not enough? Today, I want to talk about the significance of your story and why it's important for us to understand our own individual story. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that helps us focus on our emotional, mental, our relational uh, health and recovery so that we can do as Jesus did in the Beatitudes where he designed uh, a map for us. Through the Celebrate Recovery principles, we, we face our hurts, our hangups and habits, and even our relational struggles so that we can walk in the newness of life and not have to... Uh, face those things on our own, but find our purpose in our pain to find our calling as we find freedom from our hurts, hangups, and habits and broken relationships. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the pastor and ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery here at Rogers Fellowship, Celebrate Recovery, and uh, we meet every Friday night. And it's so good to um, have you join me again here today. I, I love uh, the feedback we're getting from some of you and just want to keep saying this. Thank you for for sharing uh, this podcast and, and letting other people know it's been fun. Uh, just hearing some people say, I started listening to the podcast and that's why I'm here. Uh, so you never know the impact of you sharing a podcast on social media platforms or shooting that uh, to a text to a friend, a loved one, uh, someone in your community. You never know who's hurting. Um, and so thank you for sharing that. Thanks for giving us a high rating and uh, uh, giving us a review. That helps uh, kind of get us more traction as people are searching for ways to find help from the hurts, hangups, and habits. So, hey, today, um, this is a topic that I was kind of just chewing on a little bit and We'll see how it goes today, but uh, just just have some thoughts around this. I don't know if you can relate to this this idea that my story isn't as big or as great as yours. And and I'll be honest, sometimes when I'm sharing my story, um, I almost sometimes can even have a little bit of remorse uh, and even guilt in sharing. Uh, be, you know, I, I've been through a lot of stuff. And sometimes it can feel like, man, should I share this? Because not everybody has a story like mine. And here's the thing. Some, isn't it interesting how we compare each other's stories? Even me saying that out loud with you, um, my story is dramatic. And I know that yours may not be as dramatic. And here's the, here's the tension that I feel. And that is, I don't want you to hear my story and go, well, gosh, I guess I don't have a story. Because that is something just right out of the gate I want to kind of hit on the head is sometimes it's tempting to minimize our story or our trauma. And, and you know, trauma is not just what has happened to me, but what happened after the trauma, what happened after the pain, you know, someone that should have been there for me wasn't. Some of you have heard my story just with my stepdads and the one particular one with being at the kitchen table 
it was traumatic in itself being at the table and experiencing abuse. But the trauma developed knowing that my mom, who should have been there for me, and I'm not, I love my mom, we've made peace, but I need to be honest that she, she should have been there for me to fight for me, to protect me from that. And when she wasn't, that's what solidified the trauma. That's one of the reasons why you'll see someone, you could have two siblings, for example, that went through tra- trauma and one of them had somebody catch them well in that. They brought the pain, they brought the circumstances to a safe person and it, it wasn't, no, that, you know, minimizing the pain. Oh, I don't know if it happened that way. Are you sure? I don't even know that it really even happened because in our own pain and in, in, uh, inability to face, uh, and a tolerance for pain, we, we drop people. And the one that's caught in that space, uh, can have a completely different healing path than the one that wasn't caught. And so sometimes, so when I say trauma, not to get off on a tangent there, but, but, but it's tempting to minimize our story or our trauma. And sometimes you think, well, gosh, I wasn't abused. I wasn't raped. I wasn't sexually molested. Uh, so I guess my trauma isn't important enough. And the thing is, trauma is trauma. Our story is our story. And and some people have experienced worse things than, than you and I. There's people that have experienced much worse than I have in my story. But it doesn't mean that it isn't big. I don't, let me say that one more time. Just because your story, your experience uh, may be less worse or someone else's story is worse than yours does not mean that your story isn't big. And here's, here's one of the ways I think we do that with our story. Well, at least I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm organizing my own struggles and, you know, I, I t- tend to minimize it. And then I look the guy down the pew and go, man, whew, at least I'm not Rodney. <laughs> at least I'm not as bad as he is. And, and that can be a way of, one, dishonoring our own story, our own trauma in our life, um, but also... Um, an effort to kind of um, keeping from facing our own pain in our life. Cause here, here's the thing. If it's, if it's big to you, it's big to God. And so I think some of those questions as we're leading into this conversation, as I've been chewing on this is, you know, am I, am I broken enough for Jesus? Am I too broken? Right. Am I too broken for Jesus? That's a whole nother conversation. That's how the enemy kind of shames us. Um, You know, it's interesting. I was reading this morning. The enemy uh, seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. That is, Jesus calls him a destroyer. And I think sometimes in as we try to bring our pain forward, one of the ways it, it kind of falls under that lens of any excuse we'll do from keeping us from facing this is, is we the enemy will whisper these messages. Yeah, you're not, that's not broken. Quit your whining, suck it up, move on. Or man, 
You can't tell anybody about that. You're way off the grid here. You know what they're going to think. In fact, I remember the first time sharing part of my stories, things that I'd never said out loud. And as I said them, I expected in that small group experience for people to either run out of the room and find the pastor because they found the most broken guy in the planet, or they were going to laugh at me, or they were going to try to fix me because I was so messed up and I was going to get 15 different lists, versions of how I needed to fix my life. And it was so relieving that people didn't do that. But, but I think again, back to the, the enemy, the destroyer, the stealer, the thief, the killer of life. Again, you've heard me say this before. The enemy doesn't create anything. He just tries to steal what's been already created. He tries to deceive us into thinking that what we have is not enough. And I think as we're talking about through the lens of story, my story is not enough. And guys, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. The, the thief will try to whisper these things, these messages that you're not broken enough or you're too broken, whatever spectrum you're on. He'll try to feed you with these narratives that, you know, it, Jesus is not for you. The gospel message is not for you. Just keep doing what you're doing. You, you're going you're gonna to poke at something that doesn't need to be poked at. And then we don't end up facing it and we kind of live in this miserable place. Uh, the enemy tries to get us off track, doesn't he? He tries to to feed us with this narrative. So what do we do? We we stay uh, we stay away from from the story. And Jesus, the gospel message is for all of us. And if it if it's if it's affecting you, then it's big to God. And, and Jesus died for you. The gospel message is for you too. So if I find myself in that narrative of this, you know, man, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so, or man, I don't think, I think I'm just whining. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not broken enough. And, and if it's big to God, it's, it's, it's big. It's, if it's big to you, it's big to God. And so even if your story isn't as quote unquote as bad as the one next to you, it doesn't mean that it's not big. And so a good a good lens, a good question to ask myself in this space is, uh, what what's my posture toward my own brokenness? And am I am I being critical? Am, am I allowing shame to play? And it's interesting, shame. Shame in itself is just contempt toward myself. And it's interesting. Sometimes we can just look at shame as just in the negative stuff, right? I'm going to have shame toward myself because I'm such a bad person. Sometimes shame can be disguised in the good stuff too, or the perceived good stuff. Man, that you're doing okay. I mean, I know that's affecting you, but if you if you admit that to somebody, they're going to laugh you out of the room. That's what I love when I'm in a step study group, when I see young men, 22-year-old men, sitting with 70-year-old men. And this comes up a lot. It's like I hear young men saying, I feel guilty talking about just trying to find my purpose in life and feeling insecure in my walk. And, and I'm hearing about you guys talking about, you know, walking through wars and, and losing two spouses to, you know, significant illness. And, 
here's the thing. If it's big to you, it's big to God. And I love it when we can uh, organize that and they, we can just hear a pain and we just create safety that there's no, there's no prerequisites for walking into a celebrate recovery step study <laughs> or a celebrate recovery um, general meeting night. We don't go through a checklist and say, all right, any abuse there? Okay, well, none of that. Well, let's just keep asking. All right, have you been addicted to anything? Nothing, no substance. Okay, well, well, let's keep going here. Maybe, maybe we'll let you in. Um, have you ever lost someone significant in your life? I mean, you have to be in a relationship for at least ten years. Anybody like that? No, I haven't had. Okay, gosh, man, I don't know. I don't know if if you. Uh, why don't you come back in a few years and then we'll reevaluate? That, that's not what we do in Celebrate Recovery. If your pain has come online, then it's enough. Because here's the thing I wish I would have learned this at a young age. If I would have listened to the pain and not let it fester, and I'm going to do a whole separate podcast on this, it's the, the value of honoring our pain as a whole and what that looks like. Um, we see that through the scriptures, but if I had to learn how to listen to my pain early, then it wouldn't have become the big, the big monster stuff in my life. And so, so what's my posture toward myself with my story? Um, am I, am I honoring the pain that's coming forward? Even if it's something like being, I was on the playground and it's that one story it seems like some, uh, there's a common thread that I see with people. The, they'll remember that one story when they were a kid. Why do I remember that? And why does it still sit in my body the way it is? You can say, well, what's the big deal? You know, you got made fun of. It's not necessarily you got made fun of, but who you got made fun of in front of and what was the value of that relationship and how did that person respond? Did anybody come to my defense and who came to protect me? Did anybody stand up for me? Did I ask for someone to stand up for me and they didn't? All those things are factors. And while one person may say, well, that's not a, that doesn't affect me at all. Well, good for you. But it doesn't mean that same scenario, which is never identical, did not affect the other person. So what's my posture? And, and I, have to, I have to be honest about how are things uh, affecting me in my life? What, what, how do I, how am I facing uh, my problems in my life? Do, am I honoring the story that is around? So is it messy enough? Is it dramatic enough? Is it important enough? It, the 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 thing is is I want you to hear loud and clear is your story matters it carries uh, weight um, and doesn't matter if your story is not as bad as the next guy quote unquote it it matters um, to God because it matters to you and so I'm going to take a super quick break here when we come back I'm going to continue this conversation around story and why your story matters and the importance of not minimizing that. Stick with me and I'll be right back. Hey friends, if you're looking for a meeting near you, uh, please don't face your pain, your hurts, hangups and habits and broken relationships on your own. Jesus has a path. Jesus is a solution. I love that he gives us this path through Celebrate Recovery to come in the, in the context of community, 
bring our pain to Him and organize it so we can walk in that newness of life. Join us at Celebrate Recovery Friday night, Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers, every Friday night. We'd love for you to join us. If you'd like more information, go to fellowshipcr.org. Welcome back. Uh, right before break, I was just talking about the your story matters. You know that the how the enemy kind of feeds us with these shame messages, um, and the very heart of shame is self contempt. Um, how do I talk to myself when my story comes online and there's that story from my past that it's tending to kind of come back up again and again and again? And when I bump into new relationships. Do I show myself contempt for my story? And one of the ways we show contempt for ourselves is, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not dramatic enough. It's not big enough. Do you know that Jesus didn't die just for um, drug addicts? He didn't die just for raging alcoholics. He didn't die just for people that have been sexually molested. He most definitely did die for them. But he died for those who are separated from Christ. And sometimes we make um, the sin, sin the lead foot. And don't get me wrong, sin is a major thing. The bigger thing is separation from God, which produces sin, right? And, And the greatest sin is separation from him. And so God knew that he, he wanted to bring his kids back to himself and so much so that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to become that conduit, that, that network that we could come to him through Jesus Christ. And so separation was the, the biggest part of the story that needed a hero, that needed a rescuer. And so even, let's just say, best case scenario, you've lived a perfect life and you were just apart from Christ. That story in itself is a miraculous story that needs to be uh, shared and, and celebrated, that you once were lost and now you're found. You once were blind and now you see. Now, let's be honest. No one can go uh, live this life and not have any anything. Uh, we say this all the time, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> and so, uh, in that, in that place, your story, if, if it's not the dramatic, really, really messy one, just pay attention to some of those things that can be indicators of, of what, what, what's some things that are telling me that maybe I need to lean into my greater story. And what I love about this, the gospel in fact, the scriptures are all about storytelling. It's just one big story being told. And, and the way we model it in our life is to tell our story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not to dwell on it so that we can honor it. And so um, I think some of those indicators for me that help me or cause me to lean into my story is, is how can I, can I self-regulate when I'm in distress? Or does it feel like I just spin out, kind of getting back? It's difficult for me to get back to kind of a, that stable space. And so I'm kind of either highly overregulated. We call that hyper, uh, hyper arousal, or I'm in a place of hypo arousal where I'm just kind of numb and shut down. But 
when distress happens, do I have trouble getting back to that regulated place? Or do I have significant issues and problems with my relationships? I, I just keep bumping into people and I can't seem to have peace in my relationships. You know, you can call that a behavioral issue. and Maybe there is something there and I'll have to own my part in that. But is there something in my past that I need to lean into so I can understand why I have these these interpersonal relationship struggles or um, I have trouble connecting with people. I have connecting trouble connecting on an emotional relational level. Just in general, if someone shows me love, I can't take that in. You can say, well, you're, that's just the way you are. You know, that you're an Enneagram, whatever. We, we tend to label. But sometimes we just need to step back and say, what's the storytelling? What is my storytelling? And, and maybe there's a reason why I can't receive love and comfort and acceptance from, from other people. Or maybe I'm having a trouble doing it for myself. Maybe I'm just kind of in this self-contempt place. I, I love what Dan Ellender says. He says, the hard work of life is not dealing with your own pain. The hard work of life is allowing yourself to experience comfort and kindness from others and from yourself. Now, isn't that interesting? Why is it hard for me to kind of... Um, sit with my own pain and, and give myself uh, comfort and kindness or do I always go to this place of contempt and we do that with our story don't we so I think that the understanding my story is such a, uh, is an important thing and and I, I shared this recently but one of the one of the things that I learned about my own story is just understanding generational trauma and let me explain that so my grandmother um, was in a very dysfunctional life. She had, um, I, I don't know how many times she was married, but she was in dysfunctional relationship, relationships, uh, was divorced from my grandfather and kind of rambunctious. My, my grandmother was actually a lounge singer in Las Vegas, believe it or not. Uh, from what I understand, she had a power voice um, and she could sing. She was just a great singer. Um, my mom shared this with me. I'm, I'm assuming it's true. At least she believed it to be true that she actually opened for Frank Sinatra on the Las Vegas Strip in one of those little uh, lounges there on the Las Vegas Strip um, in the 50s. Uh, but anyway, she was a dysfunctional woman and a magnet to broken men. And, and she brought these dysfunctional men into my mom's home as a single mom. And one of these guys that she brought in uh, was um, in hiding, uh, raping and sexually molesting my mother. And my mother kept this a secret as a young teenager. And she finally worked up the courage to tell my grandmother and my grandmother couldn't take it in. And so what did she do? She rejected her. She abandoned her. You talk about trauma it wasn't just the rape and the sexual molestation. It was that the mom, the, the secure attachment, as we say in the counseling world, um, was not there for her. It didn't catch her. And so she kicked her out of the house. You talk about trauma. And I don't even want to think about what she went through. But so while she's homeless, my, mother, my grandmother goes um, to work 
she just continues living her life. And she, after work, after having some drinks, goes up in a private airplane with one of her boyfriends and they both have been drinking and she crashes in the side of a mountain. She dies at the age of 36 and just a sad deal. Well, while my mother uh, was homeless, they ended up finding her on the streets. Uh, She was uh, passed out in a park where they found out she was pregnant with my older brother. And and that's a whole nother story. He got adopted out, went into foster care because my mom was just a young teenager. But it's interesting to think about that. So I never met my grandmother, but I experienced generational trauma because, uh, as I shared recently, that the pain is that is not transformed will be transmitted. And this pain that my mother uh, received was transmitted from my grandmother, whom I've never met. She was gone long before I came into the world. And Uh, she transmitted that pain on my mother. Well, guess what? My mother didn't face her pain and she transmitted her pain onto me. And so you can just see the generational stuff. And so I I realized through work in my recovery that, that I had some of this generational trauma that I needed to sort through. And, and, and I put my grandmother on my inventory and I processed what she did, how it damaged me, how it affected me even though it was not directly applied to me, it came down and spilled over through generations. And so leaning into our story, we can kind of understand what are those things that happened in, in prior generations? Uh, was there, was there um, adultery? Was there um, a sexual abuse? Was there addictions? And how does that play out into the next generation? And again, we're not trying to make excuses. We're just trying to understand our story and honoring and showing that part, not, not contempt for my story, but leaning in and understanding my story can ultimately, ultimately bring healing. But again, that's a dramatic story, and I'll be the first to say that. But it wasn't my dramatic story. It just affected me in negative ways, and I had had to own my part in that. But leaning into my story uh, helped me to to organize it and find healing. And I don't remember who said this, uh, but as we're we're thinking about organizing our story and and telling our story, there's such power in, in trying to organize it, feel it, and then process it, notice, organize it, invite it in, share it with another person and have that be a safe person that looks us in the eye and with their eyes and even with their words saying, I'm so sorry you went through that. You didn't deserve that. That shouldn't have happened to you. But having that that person um, share, and sometimes it's, it's like, I wish, I wish you hadn't been embarrassed like that on the playground. You know, that, that sounds really hard. And to sit with someone in a presumably small story, but it was big to you and just feeling the weight of that. Hey, this is big to you. It's big to me. But someone once said this, I don't remember who said it, but, but every time, uh, every time we tell our story, our story changes. Now, what do I mean by that is is what's right front and center in my story is just blocking my vision from seeing anything in my life. Our temptation is just to try to find all the good and just speak gratitude. Again, more come on that in, a, in another podcast, but it's, it's honoring my story. If it was painful, well, it's not as bad. No, 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 no. Was it 
painful for you? Was it big for you? Not so that you get stuck there, so that we can organize it so that it doesn't become big for you and big for you for those that are around you. Was it big for you? And every time I can lean into my story, I've shared my testimony, I don't know how many times in the last 18 years, just in Celebrate Recovery, countless times. Every time I share my story, there's another layer of healing. And here's a cool thing is uh, my vulnerability in sharing my story, even if it if I assume, oh, this is not a big deal to you, but I want I want to be honest and vulnerable with you, even though it may not be big to you. My vulnerability about my story invokes vulnerability in your story, and and that's what draws us close to each other. As I share my suffering. It becomes a vehicle uh, to deeper relationships with God and deeper relationships with other people. And so, but every time I share my story, another layer of healing happens. And so my story as I know it today, if I shared my story about my multiple stepfathers and the abuse in my life uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it would have been a different story Uh, Part of this is learning more about my story, but the bigger thing that I'm trying to make a point here is the story in itself and how it's impacting me today is changing because as I share it with vulnerability and I see other people catching me with their eyes and even in a sponsor accountability relationship saying, hey, we love you. Thanks for sharing that. That was hard kind of a thing. It does something different in my own body, my own nervous system that says, hey, you're there for me. You're engaged with me in this process. And so our stories matter. And, and I, I shared a couple of my story again that, that can feel like parts of my story that felt, man, that, that's not my story. What I want you to hear loud and clear, just come in full circle, is don't be tempted to minimize your story or your trauma. Uh, if someone something happened and even more, someone that should have been there for you wasn't, Not to get stuck there, but honor that. Be honest about that and honoring. Don't have contempt for your story, thinking, well, my your experience was much worse than mine, so mine's not that big. No, my story is my story. And if it's big to me, it's big to God. And it's big to this community um, that a 22-year-old that's just struggling with trying to find life decisions and maybe struggling with lust you know, comparatively say, well, but this guy just, he's lost four family members to a disease or whatever. The story, your story is your story. And when you can talk about your pain, here's a common denominator. We all have pain and we all know what pain feels like. And how dare I look at you in the eye and say, your story doesn't matter. It's not big enough. All are welcome in this space. And no matter what your story is, You can come in and with confidence share your story, uh, knowing that's the heart of the gospel. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because he wants all of us to not have contempt for our story, uh, regardless of what we come from or what we've done, but to honor that and hold that, that story with kindness and love and compassion and allow the body of Christ and Jesus Christ especially to meet us in that space. So... Every time we tell our story, our story changes. Keep telling your story. Give God the glory. Don't make it a um, kind of a brag fest. (laughs) 
give God the glory, brag on him. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Uh, It has weight. Your story matters. Share it. Lean into it. Understand your story. Understand why you relate to the world, why you do. Understand why you respond to people's love and compassion the way you do. Understand why you have difficulty keeping close relationships, not to shame or, or hold yourself in contempt, but trying to understand the greater story. Maybe there's something that seems minor that's become big in your life. And if we can organize it and honor that part of our story and use that as a, as a catalyst toward connection with God and others, it'll be a game changer and change the way we interact with ourselves, with God and other people around us. So I hope that makes sense to you. And, and just a topic on my heart, your story matters. Uh, Jesus loved you. Just take that in. He loved you. He knows what you're going through. It may seem small to other people. It's big to you. It's big to God. And that's why he died. And so I just want you to take that in. Your story has weight. Lean into it. Understand it. Organize it. Share it. And keep sharing how Jesus brings healing in your life so that you can walk in the newness of life the way he intended for you and I with our different backgrounds, our different stories to give him glory as we as we share our story, uh, giving him all the praise and all the glory. Hey, thanks so much for being with me. If you'd like more information about Celebrate Recovery, as always, join us every Friday night. We'd love to have you, fellowshipcr.org, for more information. Thanks for being with me today. I pray and hope you'll join me next time. Until then, God bless. God bless.